So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See jared.com slash price match for details. Everyday Connection, with your hosts, Rico Shields and Jean Victoria Norlock, bringing your inner light to your everyday life. Welcome, everybody, to this special edition of Everyday Connection. I'm Rico Shields. And as always, I have here with me, Jane Victoria Norlock. How are you, Jane? I'm fantastic, Rick. How are you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, we've gotten together here in the uh, morning hours, and we'll we'll be broadcasting this on uh, over the weekend uh, because our guest is in Europe, and uh, that time difference makes it a little bit crazy. Uh, those 2 a.m., 3 a.m. interviews always go so peppy and sparky. <laughs> well, sometimes. They have gone peppy and sparky. Some hang players at two in the morning. Yeah, well, we had a musician on, but <laughs> you know, gosh, that's like mid-afternoon. I think when you're in the music business, right? <clears throat> two a.m. Yeah, I would say <sighs> his schedule's probably a little different than the average Joe. But we've got we've got a a, a special guest with us today. Uh, Karen Volo is a author and uh, teacher and blogger and. Uh, but we're particularly interested in this uh, joy series that she has uh, because of how much we talk about youth and kids. And uh, But it looks to me like these could be books for kids of all ages. Um, anyway, thanks for joining us, Karen. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you. And I appreciate the early uh, early call, so I, I am per- perky here for you. <laughs> I would be asleep at 2 in the morning. <laughs> Well, it's, it's part of the fun of doing a global radio show. We have, well, folks in Australia we can get because it's the next day for them, and and so that usually works out okay. But we've we've done several time shifts for folks in Europe because uh, uh, we want everybody to be able to get on and come play with us. Well, I'm glad to be here. So let's play. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. So we'll start with our our base prerequisite question, and it's a pretty simple one. Who on earth are you and what do you do? What do I do? Wow. Um, Well, as you said, I am an author. Um, I am a mentor and coach. Um, And basically, I've gone through a major transition based on my life story, which I'm sure we'll be talking about because um, my background is in executive search and I've been helping individuals and companies you know, through career transitions for years and years and years. And I've now transitioned myself into more helping people through tough times. Um, I'm actually known a bit as the tough tough transition specialist where um, using the experiences, my life experiences and things that I've gone through, I have been able to overcome incredible obstacles and I am now in a position where I can help people do that and then also to help them create their dream life. 
So there's I, I wear many hats actually, and of course a mom and a wife and all that good stuff as well. Yes, the thir- thoroughly modern woman, you got career, family, career of your choice too. Uh, I might add, uh, which is a wonderful thing. Um, so you say that um, the tough transition, you 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 kind of took the. Uh, what, did you order the extra tough transition <laughs> from I the menu? Have. I don't know. I swear. Sometimes I wonder. <laughs> because, uh, well, uh, best that we let you tell the story of how you uh, of how you arrived here. But you you mentioned you were an executive search. Uh, you were running your own business. Uh, from what I can gather things were going just swimmingly and um then you had a little bump in the road um i it would yeah i would call it a major bump and um i'll be happy to kind of share with you a bit of my story so we can get your listeners up to speed here um i i was running an executive search um company in europe and um very successful in getting ready to expand throughout europe actually um my husband, my second husband and I um, had this business together, and John Asraf was our business mentor. And I actually have to go back a little bit farther in my life because I, I was married earlier and, you know, basically got swept off my feet and had this fairy tale romance and, and you know, married this man that I thought was the man of my dreams, the one, and ended up having two beautiful children from him. Um, but I discovered shortly after we married that he, um, well, he became very abusive to start out with. And then um, after a little while, I found out um, that he was also a con man. And I actually had to restart my whole life as a single mother with two very young daughters. Um, and basically, you know, went through a whole very difficult time there in that phase because, you know, the, the person I had married uh, was not who I thought he was, and, and that's, that was a very difficult transition for me to go through. But, um, you know, I made it through that. I rebuilt my life, got my self-confidence back, and, you know, met my second husband, and we started this executive search firm, and then was doing we were doing exceptionally well. And we went to San Diego for a business conference. As I mentioned, um, John Asraf was our business mentor. So we were there for a week and working with him, and we were getting ready to really expand our business. And on the way home, we were at the airport getting ready to get on the flight. And about two minutes before they started boarding, I got a tap on my shoulder. I turned around, and there was a two U.S. Marshals. And they said they had a warrant for my arrest. And I went into total shock. I didn't know what it was all about. Um, I hadn't had any contact with my first husband in over six years. I didn't even know where he was. Um, but apparently what had happened was that um, because I was married to him at this, at this time, um, there was a case against me in Mexico, and they were wanting to extradite me. And so I ended up going into jail and sitting incarcerated. Um, my, my second husband, Sergio, actually... Um, flew home because somebody had to take care of the kids. So he left without knowing where I was, who had really taken me. And it took us, you know, over a week before he could find me. And it was just, we went into this total tailspin nightmare life. I mean, talk about your life changing 180 degrees in two seconds, basically. Um, 
And I thought it was going to be something that, you know, obviously it was a mistake and it was going to be cleared up very quickly. Well, it turned out to be a very long, drawn-out, complicated legal battle. And I was really fighting for my life. I was scared to death. And, um, you know, just one day after another after another, it just took on and on and on and kept dragging and dragging and dragging. And what ended up turning out to be three years and ten months and um, I actually sat incarcerated for 1,352 days. <laughs> and in the end, um, you know, we got the final outcome we were hoping for, praying for, and visualizing every single day was that my, my charges were dropped and I was free to go home. But I did not see my children that entire time. And it was, it was I mean, clearly, you know, a, a nightmare life. I can't describe it any other way on the external side of what was going on. It was just horrible because I was placed in this environment that was very dark and negative and um, just completely powerless, overwhelmed, scared to death, angry, frustration. I mean, you name any single emotion and I was having it. <laughs> oh, you, you must have been. I mean, people talk about a dark night of the soul and this is a dark uh, it's almost years, four years. Ten, ten months of the soul. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a uh, that's a bit much. And basically, um, you know, it was, but some interesting things started happening because for me to survive the environment I was in, I just started immersing myself in reading anything and everything I could get my hands on. So I read, you know, all sorts of spiritual books. I read um, personal development books. I read. Um, scientific, quantum physics, um, you name it, new age, it doesn't matter. I mean, I was reading the classics and, and you know, the the religious literature, whatever I could get my hands on. And so I went into this thing where I could escape mentally through the books I was reading. And um, I ended up going on this incredible spiritual journey. I don't know what else really to call it. I kind of call this my spiritual boot camp because, um, you know, I really had some incredible experiences. Um, I received some incredible messages. And I think that, you know, every day that it kept dragging on, I thought, my God, there's there's something bigger to this. There's something going on here because there's got to be, it, it's bigger than just me and my little life. And I didn't know exactly what it was. And the end result of all of this, and I can get more into details about how this came, but, you know, these bringing joy series that you mentioned in the beginning, that is the gift from these years. And they were short little books, basically, that I, as that, that came to me in meditation. And as I was immersing myself in these spiritual topics, um, you know, I, I started meditating, and which I didn't meditate before jail. And I always, you know, kind of laugh about this, that, you know, if you can learn to meditate in jail, you can meditate anywhere. <laughs> a very noisy environment but um you know this little an image of a little girl came to me a character and her name was joy and um you know this it was like these things were downloaded to me and I, i'd write this frantically down what i was receiving and then i would you know get the images over the next few days and so i spent hours drawing and coloring these little books and i would send them home to my kids and after the third or fourth one i knew that something special was going on with this well what ended up happening with these books is that my daughters or my my husband would read them to them and you know when this whole started they were 6 and 8 so they were quite young and these books taught my daughters and Sergio as well really a lot of this 
these topics that I was learning. And it, it was almost like we were, you know, walking on this path together, on this journey together. And it really empowered my kids because they were going through a tough time not having their mom there. But they learned and we all worked together as, as a family, even though we weren't physically together, you know, on, on visualizing the outcome that we wanted and, and, and how we can control our thoughts and that our thoughts create our reality. So, yeah. um, you know, as a, that's a, a beautiful saying and a beautiful way that you put it, that that even though you may have been physically many miles apart, you were still walking this journey together. Well, that, that's what it felt like. It was like we were hand in hand. The four of us stuck so closely together, even though, you know, we weren't physically together. We just were learning this stuff together. And I was able to, well, I was immersing myself in you know, very deeply into these topics. And I was able to receive a way to teach my daughters the same things that I was learning in a way that they could easily grasp it and use it and implement it in their lives. Which is, um, to me, a a grand overcoming of circumstance, uh, even before you overcame the physical uh, circumstance. But then that's kind of the secret, I guess, the key. I hate that secret business. But, uh. <laughs> well, you know that 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 movie, and actually, it's funny because um, just uh, that week that we were there with John, he, he the the secret hadn't come out yet, but because he's in it, we we got to see it twice. And so, I mean, I I've, I'd been working with the law of attraction; I was familiar with it, and we we'd worked with it and experimented with it, and I knew this stuff worked if you applied it. So I really, that's why you know, going into this, I thought, okay, now now I really need to make this work. Um, but the secret did a wonderful job in bringing this to a mass audience and basically making a, making them aware. You know, I think there's things that are missing a little bit from from the teachings there, but it definitely brought a, a yeah. huge awareness, which the world needed. Well, I think it, oh yeah, it, it got people hungry for it. You exactly, see? I think that's that's the important thing. It, it took the fear element out of that particular line of teaching because for so long that was perceived to be just, you know, bah, hoo-ha, I don't believe it, it's not true. Um, and then it had this massive explosion and people actually started looking into it. And yes, you could read The Secret or watch the movie and not not be able to do much with it. But if you are hungry for something, you begin to explore it more. And once you start to explore it more and you self-educate and you become more familiar with the background behind what the secret was based on, then you can really implement these tools into your life. Um, I I don't know what to say to you, first of all, because I'm a mom. Um, I've done the go-to-jail thing and leave-the-daughter-behind thing, and three weeks away from my daughter killed me. Um, I don't know how you did it, so... I and, I, and, and uh, we'll add this is part of the adventure of everyday connection. Uh, yeah, Jean does not research our guests. No, I I and I don't research the guests at all. Don't. I do a little bit so that I've got you know a couple of questions maybe to help us through a paused point. But particularly when I notice the parallels in a story like this, I'm I'm very careful not to say anything. So a uh, few questions for you. And first of all, thank you for the inspiration that you're going to give to thousands 
of women and, and probably men out there, possibly millions by the time you're done, um, <laughs> for, for, you know, coming forward with your story, being so openly honest about the pain and the fear and, and, and your way of overcoming it. Um, so thank you for that. How is it? I have a few questions though because I've been through the I've been through the court systems in Canada and I'm, how is it that they can they can incarcerate you in the states and and trap you there without a conviction? Like how That that to me is I mean that's scary enough uh, in itself. Uh, um the extradition system on this planet oh. is mm. is almost the opposite of of what many of us are accustomed to. It's almost in the extradition system, guilty until proven innocent. Okay. Would you say, Karen? It feels that way. And I have to say that the legal system is certainly goes that direction. It's not something I, I like to spend a lot of time talking on because it's such a negative part of my life. But basically I was, I mean, the, the first thing my attorney had said to me is I have less rights than anybody else because I am in an extradition case. I was not allowed to defend myself. It was only a question of can they send me or not? And so we were fighting the case on technicalities and little things that, you know, but I wasn't allowed to question, is this case even just? Is it, you know, what am I guilty or not? And, you know, in Mexico, you you are guilty until proven innocent, unfortunately. So I, I was just scared to death of going. And, you know, I learned through quantum physics that all futures exist, all outcomes exist. And what you focus in on is what you will bring into your life. So when I would meditate, or I, I could see both things happening. If I knew, if I let myself stay in that downward spiral of those negative emotions of fear, anger, um, frustration, depression, all of those things, I would probably have ended up in Mexico. And I knew if that happened, it was, my biggest fear was that I would never see my kids or they would be grown by the time I got through that whole legal system. So my job every single day was to stay focused on trying to get myself in a positive frame of mind. It was, And it basically came down to you know a choice of love or fear. And my family and the fact that I was wanting to be home and raising my daughters and being involved and, you know, doing their activities and talking to their teachers and all that kind of stuff, um, that oh, totally overrode the fear. So anytime the fear started to take over me, I would just say, stop and get myself focused back on the family that I was going to go home. And, you know, my mantra was today is the day I'm, I'm going to go home, <laughs> you know, and just believing that it's going to happen. It's going to happen. Um, so, um, unfortunately, you know, the legal system is what it is. Um, it's, you know, definitely has its issues, as as all of our older systems do have. I mean, I think we're going through a paradigm shift right now where our old systems are falling apart and going to, you know, eventually crash, dissolve, whatever. Something will happen because it be can't replaced. continue. Yeah, it would be replaced with something. Um you know, so I, I just ended up being called. And because I didn't live in the U.S., that was the key thing. I didn't live in the U.S., so I wasn't able to get out on bail or bond or, you know, anything like that okay. because they thought I was a huge flight risk. Had If I if I had been living in the U.S., I'm sure I would have been able to get out on bond. Yeah. Right, but you were you were in a third country, so to speak, non-resident country, uh, wanted by another country. Um, that's real legal limbo. Yeah. People just, people, <laughs> People disappear down that rabbit hole. Yeah. And uh, so 
okay. congratulations on the exit. Oh, uh, well, that's. Uh, well, I have, and and I. Go ahead. Sorry, I have another question because this is something. I, there's it pop before we get to the books. A couple of things are going to pop up into my head just because. Um, the books are important, of course, uh, but the story also is important because it can be such an inspiration for um, people out there who are struggling through that dark night. So um, as as a mom, um, I've realized something unique about our children, and that is that they can handle a lot more truth and reality um, than we've often perceived them able to handle. So I have a question about how you communicated, you and your husband communicated with your children. I mean, how much honesty was involved here, and how is your relationship now with your kids? Um, the relationship now is amazing. Um, we had three lines of communication. One was I was able to call home on a regular basis, um, generally about five days a week. I had a you know a 20-minute phone call. It was very expensive to call, but Sergio made sure that I was had money that I could by the phone time to make sure I could call home and I would call right before the girls would go go would be going to bed. So I was you know, we we set up a routine where, you know, I, I was able to call them and talk to them for five, six, seven minutes each, um, on a regular basis. So we had the they heard my voice, you know, regularly, five times mm-hmm. a, a week basically. Then we wrote letters to each other every week and so my daughters were writing to me almost every day and I was writing to them and you know our letters would pass. So we had this kind of a longer level of deeper conversations that we could have through our letters. And then the third way was the, the joy books. They really connected us and I think on a very deep spiritual level. Um, so I think that was you know the way that I was able to keep that relationship strong. You know, after two or three years, the girls were starting to forget what I look like and was it was really sad for them. So, you know, and, and they, they, of course, were asking for pictures and I, you know, I, what, what, I can't send them any pictures, you know, I couldn't right. do that. So, um, but Sergio just did an amazing job of keeping my spirit alive and he would talk to the girls and they would say, okay, well, what would mommy do in this situation? And, you know, I think mommy would probably want this to happen or, you know, so he just kept my spirit alive, which I'm, I'm just so, you know, eternally grateful that I had such an amazing man to help me and stick with me because that first week when we had no contact, I thought, oh, for sure, he's gone now. <laughs> we, we actually we actually were not married at the time. We were engaged and... um we we ended up doing a uh, <laughs> a little marriage um while i was in jail so that i i mean it just he asked me to you know i i basically told him i said i, I want to be engaged i'm committed to our, our relationship but um you know i've been there done that with the whole marriage thing i'm not interested so much but when this happened he asked me he said look i really want to be with you will you marry me and i'm like oh my god are you serious you don't know when i'm going to be home but you'll you'll still want to marry me <laughs> so that's we planned we, we we planned a wedding date thinking I was going to be home and then I I you know was waiting and waiting and waiting I ended up waiting like you know two months to get a decision and so he just came to to see me and brought um, someone that that would marry us and, and so we got married <laughs> behind bars <laughs> on, on, on the down low that, yeah. so that is so cool <laughs> I'm sorry that's just one of the coolest things I've ever heard. Um, Wow. Well, and I, I, I just before we get to to another question, I just want to say that what you what you just said about how you kept that relationship alive with your children, with 
your husband. Really, it would be good advice for anyone to do. Mm-hmm. You had regular times that you talked that, you know, the kids could count on that, you know, um, you wrote letters so that you had a deeper conversation, individual lines, and you had the books, which was like a shared experience. These are the keys, people, that work everywhere. And and what's fascinating to me is that they're keys that you discovered um, under a forced separation. And um, so many so many couples and families who live together and see each other every day forget the powerful potency and importance of those particular aspects of relationships. I mean, it's so important to set aside that time. Um, and and you know, your story is. It, it's such a beautiful, shining example of how, I don't know, how life-saving true friendship in marriage can be. And that's, you know, wow, you know, hats off to you guys for for doing that and pulling together. And you have an amazing family. You, you know, are you go, an amazing you- family. When you go through such difficult times, and anybody will experience this, you really do find out who your friends are and who is there for you and who you can count on. And the interesting thing is is that the majority of our close friends and family were probably not so spiritually evolved, to use that term, um, that they could handle it. And the most amazing people who really didn't know us quite well but had heard our story came in and I, I honestly believe, you know, the support that we needed came because people who were very far advanced spiritually were there to explain and show us and, and support us and say, look, there's a higher purpose to this and, you know, um, and, and give us tools that we could work with and, and support us in a way that we needed, that we needed some positive news from somewhere, you know, and <laughs> learning to see this from a higher spiritual perspective um, I actually call it the stratosphere view. It's one of the tools I teach. But lift yourself up above the muck that you're in and see it as the bigger picture of not even just your life but your sole purpose as to why are you going through something like this? What lesson is there for you? There's lessons in every challenge or obstacle that we all face, and it's our responsibility as individuals to find that lesson, learn it, so we can move on from that and not have to have that. And if you don't learn it, it will repeat itself. And oftentimes when it comes back again and again, it gets worse and worse and worse. You know, Each that time was, it comes back. Absolutely. That was one of my lessons with the men in my life. <laughs> um, so so I, have, I have one more question. It's because it's really important um, one, and I know that you'll be able to explain it in just such an elegant and, and simplistic way. How important was gratitude in the process of your journey and in your success? It was hugely important. I mean, that was really one of the key elements that Sergio and I and and the girls and, I mean, our whole family did every day. We, We just had to find things to be grateful for. It was the only way that you could really lift yourself up from the depression, you know? I mean, okay, fine, I was sitting in jail, but you know what? I was healthy. Um... I was separated from my kids, but they were healthy and, and, you know, we were able to talk every day. I was grateful for the phone calls. Um, You know, so no matter what difficult circumstances anybody is facing, 
you always have something to be grateful for. And I think that's why, you know, especially you see these inspirational people that have a lot of physical handicaps and, you know, no arms, no legs or things like that, and they're really positive. And you wonder, wow, that really puts you in your place. Like, okay, why am I complaining about my life? At least I've got my arms and my legs, you know? And and that's why those people can be such an inspiration. And I think it's just so important to realize that gratitude is one of the key elements that lifts you up and and there's a tool I teach. It's it's you know a, I call it the energy spiral. It's like a a spiral going up and a spiral going down, kind of a mirror image. So it looks like an hourglass. And in that upward spiral, if you can keep your emotions up in that upward spiral, you're going to be attracting your dreams and your goals into your life. If you fall into that negative spiral, and that those are the negative emotions that really all come from fear, which you know it's boredom, anger, frustration, shame, guilt, um, you know, any of those types of negative emotions, um, that will be, you, you, you'll be repelling your dreams and your goals. And it's a matter of being aware of what you're feeling because our emotions is what trigger, our, our thoughts trigger our emotions and our emotions have a vibrational energy that it sends out into the world and kind of latches onto an, an experience that, is at the same vibration. So if you're feeling very angry, you know, you're going to go out and drive the car and someone's going to cut you off and you're going to get even angrier, <laughs> you know? And so you have to, once you become aware of how that works, then you become very empowered to know that I I can take the driver's seat back and I can be in control of, of my life and this is how I can do it. So that for me was like I told you earlier, you know, it was a choice between love and fear. And I just made myself very conscious. And when you do fall into those downward emotions of, you know, I mean, you, we're humans. We're all going to go up and down that scale no matter what. The, the object here is to try and stay above that, you know, that neutral line kind of in the middle and stay on those emotions in the upward spiral at, at the majority of the time. And when you do fall into that negative emotion, observe it, watch it, feel it, let yourself, allow yourself to feel it. And once you start observing a negative emotion like that, it starts to you start to realize, oh, okay, this isn't really serving me. How long do I need to hang on to this one? And then you can release it <laughs> because when you bring this awareness to yourself, and this is what consciousness is about is, is all about. You know, I mean, people. There's so much information out there right now, and so many different perspectives. But when you filter it all down, everyone is saying the same things, just using different words. So whether you call it awareness, consciousness, um, awakening, um, you know, whatever word you want to use, it, it, they're all referring to the same thing. So elegant, you simple. Bet. Yeah, you could call it stratosphere view, even. Well, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Did, did I explain? That? I like I that. I did explain that, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> okay. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm just. Repeating for emphasis and appreciation. Yeah, we have much appreciation um, for that term, certainly. Um, well, and and it is, it is what. Uh, I, of course, we go off into how many things we mean by everyday connection, but uh, it you learned right at the grit level that every day, every minute of every day, you had to make the choice that you were going to get lost in the. Downward spiral that sometimes we call whirlpools, <laughs> or or purposely put put yourself back onto the upward spiral that some people call the vortex. Um, I I and, actually uh, you know 
um, I give away, I have a little visual, because I'm a very visual person, so I have a, um, a joyometer, is a kind of a table that has this visual of the upward spiral, downward spiral, and this, the whole range of emotions, and um, I, I can give you the URL if, if people are interested in downloading it, I'm happy to give it away, because I think it helps people. I, I have a copy on my desk, and I, you know, you just check in on it every once in a while. I, I call it the joyometer, because it's related to joy, the little character in my books, but also because, you know, we can measure our temperature with the thermometer and measure the weather with the barometer. So I figured, why can't we measure joy? <laughs> so I call it joyometer. But if anyone is interested in getting that, if if you don't mind, I'll I'll give the URL so people can can sure. share that. I think that's a fantastic. Absolutely, idea. please. It's at um, inspiringyourverybest.com forward slash joyometer gift, and I'll spell that. It's J O Y O M E T E R G I F T. So inspiringyourverybest.com forward slash joyometer gift. And then, you know, people can download it and at least start to use it themselves. And, <laughs> um, you know, it's a great tool. It's it's kind of this whole energy spiral I talk about is really the foundation for a lot of what I teach and how I work with people. And, and it's throughout all of the joy books as well. That's wonderful. And... Uh... Uh, for folks that may be listening through iTunes or uh, another podcast, um, we will have links, all these links we discussed, and uh, links to to uh, uh, get to Karen's material on our archive on our, our website at everydayconnection.me. Um, so, so let's talk about these joy books a little bit more. Um, you You really created it as a way to have shared experience with your kids from so far away, but now you can share that experience with the rest of us and, and bless you for that. Um, but you've got, there's what, there's a dozen joy books. There are, um, over 24. So about 20, well, you know, I, and I think there's still more, I haven't written any new ones, but I know that there's probably going to be more coming. Um, sure. But basically, there, there's about you know 25 that are in production. So on our website, um, I don't know to be honest with you how many we have available right now, but it's like eight maybe or something like that. Um, or you can get them on Amazon if people search for my name, you know Karen Volo on Amazon, they'll come up. And and we're translating, they're getting translated into Spanish as well. So there's we actually have a, a few avail, few titles available in Spanish already on Amazon. Oh, fantastic! So, um, so uh, you have a young girl character named Joy, and um, so I assume that uh, they all—they're all bringing joy to um, something, and and so I assume the the story inside each one is Joy discovering, or uh, how does that go? You've got bringing joy to faith, bringing joy to love, bringing joy to hope, forgiveness, attraction, uh, all excellent stuff. Yeah, each each topic is basically taking, you know, how to, explaining it in a way that's very simple. Because, I mean, how do you explain hope to a child? <laughs> um, and, and a lot of these books, they have incredible visuals, pictures, and just beautiful colors. And the pictures stick in, in you know, 
anybody's mind. And, and you mentioned in the beginning that it's really for a child of any age, and it's true because it really touches, um, you know, a lot of people on a very deep level, regardless of age. And, and the language is a little bit more. Um, I mean, this isn't this isn't written for a three-year-old to read themselves or a five-year-old to read themselves. It's written for really parents to read it to their children, and so then they can have this discussion. And so it's dealing with what I would consider kind of complex topics, and and describing it in a way that a kid can understand. And then you have, you know, if they have questions, you you discuss it in both, you know, the interactively, and um, right. And that that really opens up this level of communication where you have this deep bond with your kid, and especially what works so well is reading these before they go to bed. The kid goes to sleep, and so this is the last thing that you imprint into their mind, and it's it, they get these lessons so deep it becomes a part of who they are. So I mean, I I call my younger daughter; she's like the master manifester because she knows how to visualize and how to use the law of attraction and you know work with the law of appreciation to to bring what she wants to have in her life and and bring it pretty quickly. <laughs> you know, and she's 12 right now. And I mean, I just think, I look at my daughters and think, gosh, if I had these lessons when I was young, I probably would have saved myself years of heartache. Um, so it's it's a lot of different topics. And um, like I said, it just explains it in a way that's that's very simple and, and easy to understand and, and fun, too. Right. Well, big words and seriousness. You know, we're all about being very serious around here. It's hardly proper talking about this business. <laughs> because that just doesn't it, it it these things are lessons that speak to the to the child in all of us. And uh the innocence of the child in all of us. And the brilliance of the child in all of us. And that's, there's that. that's and, another thing. And I just I have to say that I mean I think children understand so much more than we give them credit for first of all and secondly they know this stuff you know this is just we're giving them the vocabulary that so that they can explain it I mean you know kids have been told for years and years if they're if they're playing with imaginary friends well you know don't do that it's just your imagination and so that closes it down well who who is that it's probably their guides or their angels or some you know being or whatever that they see because they they're connected still and and unfortunately our educational system the way that we're raised um you know our society the media whatever it shuts down this this door i guess for lack of a better word but this opening that we have to other levels of energy and dimensions that we can you know communicate with and I think- oh absolutely and if the child is having a a joyful wonderful time what seems to be the problem people <laughs> It's that's a Hollywood thing, the you know, next door neighbor's dog telling them to kill people. That's a Hollywood thing. We don't do that anymore. If we ever did. Um it it's uh amazing to see um some of the things that are coming around and I think that, that uh you know, talking about it, it's it's a book that really a parent needs to read with their kids. If you if you open up the topic and you've given them the words, they can teach you. Uh, a lot of adults, anyway. They can definitely you, teach you a whole heck of a lot. <laughs> absolutely, yeah. absolutely. I, I had a friend who used to um, call my daughter the metaphysics witch um, because she, again, like like your daughter at the age of eleven and twelve, was master manifester. Just this is what I want, so it's going to come. Um, I think the books 
they they more than likely teach the parents as much as as much as they teach anybody but it's more to me about giving our young people permission to stand on their truth because like you said they know this stuff already they come mm-hmm. here knowing this stuff and it's natural for them and for them to have a children's book or series of children's book that says it's okay I mean, we might as well call you the modern-day Dr. Seuss because really that's, you know, what Dr. Seuss was trying to do was say, yeah, you know this, I'll just put it into poetry and then your parents will think it's okay too. So it's, it's, <laughs> yeah, because they don't understand poetry, so it'll be cool. <laughs> right? Cause I, yeah, you really. You his stuff and you see it. Um, everything that's in The Secret or in any of these teachings is also in Dr. Seuss's writings. But it's it's it's... I love the way it's sort of like in in secret code, so that the kids can wink at him and, and go, wink ha, at them. ha ha, yeah, right. <laughs> and so it gives them permission to stand on the truth and to be who they know they are, and that's so important. And and to open a, a, a an avenue of communication between parent and child on these subjects, so that parents don't just reactively train their kids out of it, like their parents probably did to them and their parents to them and their parents to them. You you have to talk about it. You have to do something different to break the pattern or it's just a broken record. You know, you got to pick the needle up and get it to the next groove and uh Well, there there's uh, a term I've been coming across lately called conscious parenting and I think that's really instrumental as exactly what you said is that we as you know, adults were raised by our parents and they did the best that they could given what they've known and based on what how they were raised. And so we're at the point now where we're realizing, you know, do I want to give my children the same experience I had? And I'd say probably 95% of the people out there would be like, hell no, I don't want to give them the experience I had. <laughs> so they're trying to break those patterns. And, um, you know, that's again coming back to the raising your consciousness or becoming aware, or, you know, changing the way that you parent so that, you know, we we get away from the abuse or the spanking or the, you know, whatever it might be, however you might have been raised, um, and, and just break those patterns. So um, definitely. And, and the other thing I want to say about the Joy Books, too, is that people are getting so far, farther and farther away from reading. A lot of people won't sit and read a, you know, 200-page personal development um, book anymore. They just, they don't want to, they don't like to read, they don't have the time. And that's another place where where joy really comes in handy because they can read, you know, a 20-page book and get the visuals and at least maybe not get the full deep level of understanding, but hopefully it will awaken this this hunger like we were talking about earlier with the secret that it, you know, wakes up this curiousness and this wanting to learn more so that they can start kind of on their journey to understanding how things work and, and really empower themselves as well, too. So it works great for those people that don't like to read. <laughs> yeah, well, and and and, and, and bringing joy, it, it it brings joy to everybody that, that gets involved. And I think a lot of the cases that we see today of, uh, you know, abuse and spanking and and you know, I duct duct taped my kid's head to get them to be quiet. Mm-hmm. Weirdnesses that go on like that is when you have a parent that's trapped in the downward spiral and is feeling really rotten mm-hmm. and then has this little angel in their midst that is full of joy even though 
they don't know they're not living in the right part of town or that they don't have enough to eat. They just, you know, uh, even when they're hungry, they find stuff to go play. If there's not food, they go play. Mm. They have joy. They they experience and radiate joy. And it makes, when you're in that downward spiral and letting yourself really bite into that downward spiral, um, it makes you angry. Very, yeah, it makes you, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like, ugh, get the, ah. Because it is, it's an incompatible vibration. It's like nails on a chalkboard, uh, itching powder, and this, and and this gives them a way to maybe catch that upward spiral, even for twenty pages, and be able to st- get just enough altitude to go. Wow, that was really cruddy. What I did before. <laughs> You know, let let me share the story of where this whole energy spiral started because I didn't get this in jail. I actually had been working with it a few years before that, and um, it's very um, relates very well to, to what you just said. And, and basically, um, you know, I was stressed, and I was a single mom. I picked up my daughters from daycare one day and came home and was trying to get dinner ready, and everyone was hungry and tired, and you know, I was running around trying to get everything done, and my older daughter was sitting there whining about something. I don't know what it was, but she was pushing all my buttons, and I, I my daughters knew that um, if I was tired, I would be very short-tempered, and so I warned them. I'm like, okay, you know, stop, stop your whining. I'm not going to be able to handle it, and. She Sure enough, she didn't, and so I exploded, and I yelled at her, and I sent her to her room, and she was yelling and crying and very angry at me, and I was frustrated, and so I'm sitting there banging the dishes around and talking out loud to myself, saying, oh, my God, I can't believe this, you know, and just on on a rampage, you know, and all of a sudden, my younger daughter, who'd been sitting at the kitchen table, she runs over to me, throws her little arms around me, she was about four at this time, and just looks at me with these big blue eyes and just says, Mommy, I love you so much, and I just, like, she snapped me out of it. And I used to call that mean mommy mode because it was like something took over me. And it was. It was basically, you know, the ego or whatever you want to call it. Just, you know, you snap and you it's like you become this totally different personality, which isn't really who you are. And so she snapped me out of it and I was just like, oh, my God, you know, I have the most beautiful daughters. Why am I getting so upset with them? And so, it did, you know, I fixed dinner. We made up my, my older daughter and so we ate dinner and all through dinner I was sitting there thinking, gosh, you know, what is it? Why did that energy spread? And, you know, it just gets so negative and what happens? And so after dinner, I took out a piece of paper and I drew this downward spiral. And I said, look, you know, when we're feeling tired or we're hungry and all this and one person gets mad, what's going to happen? It spreads to the other person. And then I drew that upward spiral and I explained, you know, the, the positive emotions that are up there and that how my little... My youngest daughter came over and, you know, she snapped me out of that anger by giving me this dose of love. And so that's how the energy spiral came to be. And it's it's actually, there's a scientific term for this. I didn't even know this till, um like, recently, but it's called a double vortex. And we use this image and we, we made ourselves a promise that, hey, if, if one of us is going to be in that downward spiral, let's, you know, tell each other, hey, you're going down that downward spiral, don't let that take over. And so we were aware of this, you know, and my, my daughters were four and five at the time. And when I got in jail, oh. I realized, you know, working with the law of attraction, I'm like, okay, I've got to keep positive. How am I going to do that? And so that's, I started working on this energy spiral and then developing the whole scale and all that kind of stuff. So it was something I, you know, developed while I was there, but it originated from mean mommy. <laughs> <laughs> mean mommy syndrome. I think every mother in the world knows mean mommy. Um Yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my daughter has a tool that she uses because, 
you know, I, I'm I might be a spiritual author slash radio show host slash coach slash artist slash whatever else you want to call me, but I'm human being and I have my days and I'm not going to hide that from the world. So every day, you know, every once in a while I'll have a day where I'm feeling really ick and something will get said and I'll start to go down that spiral and she just, she has a look. It's nothing more than a look. It is a look at me that says, are you really listening to yourself right now? You need to step back and examine what you're saying and realize where you're headed. And she doesn't have to say a word. It's just a look. And it works every single time. Wow. Because she doesn't do it out of anger. She doesn't react to my anger. She just gives me a look like, hmm, really? Really? Do you really mean that right now? You really want to go there? You really want to go there. and I can tell this is going to be fun. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> the most amazing, beautiful, remarkable thing I've ever seen a child do where she can actually take herself out of that, look at me and go, no, I don't want to play that game with you. And she's taught me so much with just a look. So I totally understand what you're saying. And I love the concept of the energy spiral and this idea that, People have a choice. You know? That is so true. It's That's the empowering thing. When you understand how it works, you can't go back to no. not knowing. So no. all of a sudden, it's your choice. Are you going to be in control of your emotions and what you are creating in your life because of how you are dealing with it? And quite honestly, we cannot control the circumstances in our life as much as maybe we want to. There are things that are just going to totally sideswipe you, pull the carpet right out from under your feet, just like what happened with me or, you know, anything. We we get that all the time. That's just life. That's living. We are all going to face challenges and obstacles no matter what. The key is that you have a choice on how you react to it. Right. So I could have gone to jail and come out a very bitter, angry woman and, you know, just been on a rampage and hating the world and all this kind of stuff. But I also know if I had gone that route, I probably would probably still be sitting in jail and probably down in Mexico <laughs> being and miserable. Would, and what would be the point of that? That's the whole thing is that yeah. people have to understand that there's really no entertainment in that end of the journey. I mean, okay, every once in a while it's okay to fall down and, and learn how to pick yourself back up because that can be a fun game. But, you know, if you to sit down after you've fallen down for the rest of your life is, is it seems kind of silly to me and not much fun. I mean, how much fun can you have sitting on the floor? Eventually you're going to want to get up and get back on your feet. And I think people have to understand that they can do that. And it doesn't matter what situation you're in. There's always, always, always a choice. It is about your choices and your perceptions. And when you change how you perceive the world, your world changes. So true. Absolutely. And, and again, look at the look at the kids when they're really little. They run headlong into the coffee table. Shazam! Bang! Laid out on the floor, you know. Giggle. And 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 giggle, and then get up and, and take off after the next thing, and 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 they'll keep doing that their whole lives unless we stop them and go, no, 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 wait, okay? stop. stop. You're gonna hurt you're, you're, uh, uh. I love. Uh, 
story about the laugh every time the kid falls down. Yeah, well, that's Maddie's Maddie's father. Yeah. Um, goodness gracious, there's so many things I could say not great about him, but he had some really well, in, amazing insights, and that was one of the most powerful gifts he ever gave me. Was to say, don't, don't, don't run to her when she falls down. Laugh. And so my child grew up having a very high tolerance for pain and a very unique way of looking at falling down. And I have to thank him for that because that was a lesson that he instinctively knew that he taught me very early on in our marriage was don't, don't, don't be afraid of her hurting herself. Let her fall down. And wisdom can come from a lot of places. We don't have to take everything about a person, you know. We hear somebody, stranger in the supermarket, say something, and then we'll get on Facebook and tell everybody about this inspiration we got over the stranger. It was obviously spirit-led wisdom. Well, everybody has access to that, and it slips through every once in a while in the worst of people. But Um, that's that's the thing, though. There's so much beauty even in the worst of people, and I think that's... You got to focus on, you know, all the amazing things that that person is capable of, as opposed to. I could go on for days, but I won't because I want. I'd rather focus on. No, I'd rather focus on the things that he did teach me. Bringing joy. Yeah. Yeah. Because right. You should laugh at your kids when they fall down. (laughs) I think that's a great lesson for parents out there. (laughs) Right. And, And. and come on, some of the some of the funniest positions and poses that you've ever been in your life were between standing and falling and hitting the ground. You you do this, <laughs> and you throw limbs out in strange directions, try to grab things. It's funny, people. <clears throat> well, I think you know we all just take life so seriously, and we shouldn't. It really we need to lighten up. <laughs> That's that enlightenment thing. Lighten up, people. Mm. It really is. Get lighter, what whatever that takes, and 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 lightening up about what's going on. Uh, because my goodness, you uh, you took one for the team, you know. Wow, yeah. <laughs> Here, I'm gonna go find that. Oh, that's what you have to hold on to is I love you, and uh, we'll create shared experiences. Now, if you're home with your kids, people, yes, you don't have to write them books. You can take them to the zoo. But don't just take them to the zoo and wander around and look at your cell phone and send text messages while the kids look at the animals. You look at the animals. Look at your kids look at the animals. You'll see the whole world in a brand new way. Even if you're conscious and awakened and uh, you get to see it through their eyes too. And Man, what a joy. Yeah, absolutely. If, 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 um, if, you, ever need, if you ever need that piece of magic in your life that you seem to feel that you're missing is just spend some time with a young child and try just for five minutes even to see the world through their eyes and it will completely change your energy, your vibration and your feeling about the world in which we live because there's there's no more magic than that, than, than the way that a young child looks at the world. It's an adventure and it's fun and it's wondrous and it's amazing and there aren't enough good wor- words in any language to cover what the world represents to these tiny people that are running around our planet. Yes, not so much children. Tiny humans. Tiny humans. 
They're they're here to teach us a whole lot right now too. <laughs> oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, they really are. We've we've had some uh young ones on a pair of young girls on and uh Gene's busy talking to a twelve year old right now, trying to see can we arrange with his parents to be on with him and uh or however we need to do that to make sure it's all right. But uh he's got He's spoken at TED, so we can get the message across. Uh, he's doing a fine job of communicating his message without our help. Yeah, yeah, he certainly doesn't need us, but we we could use him. Yeah, yeah, that's so the I'm point. At that. We need him. And uh, um, so, so how can how yeah. can people find you and Joy on the web? Yes, I would love to give out the uh, web address so people can go and meet Joy because it's much easier to understand the concept of joy once you've seen a picture of her and we have a little animated clip on our website as well um and the website is bringingjoytotheworld.com so bringingjoytotheworld.com and um you know if if people go to that website they can get a free ebook we give one book away so that people can meet joy and get to know her and um it's an ebook and uh you know share it with their kids as well and and Whoever. And, and I do want to mention also um, part of this is that, um, you know, we've had such a great response and so many people interested. And, and I my message is really all about joy and inspiration and, and you know, creating your dream life. And um, so we've got a, a joy movement going on where it's just basically, you know, building a community of, of people that want to spread more joy into the world. And, um, you know, as we grow and develop, um, we're going to be doing a lot of charitable things with, with that part of joy as well and, and giving back. So, um, you know, we've got big visions for Joy. I think she's going to really make an impact to multi-generations because grandparents can read it to their grandkids and parents to their kids. And, you know, we're going through this major shift right now, paradigm shift, and I think our educational system is going to change as well. And Joy is just a great medium to instill incredible values, incredible tools, and just really empower people on a very deep level. So I'm I'm just I'm I'm blessed that I was able to receive this during such a difficult time and um you know it was initially a gift for my family and and now it's really a gift from our family to the world to to help people and make a difference in people's lives. So I'm happy to uh get people meeting joy and helping to get the word out about joy in, in as many ways as possible. <laughs> We'll remind everybody they have access to joy. Exactly. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and I so appreciate being on your show. I mean, it's been it's been wonderful talking with both of you as well. So I want to thank you for that too. Well, I certainly enjoyed it. Um, yours is a, a truly remarkable and unique story, and um, your the grace with which you have lived your life and overcome um, any challenge that might have come into your path is just amazing to me so um thank you for that it it was a wonderful wonderful grand way to start a wednesday morning <laughs> and you know well, and thank you for sharing your story so that we don't we don't all have to go through that same pain to find the 
Nugget. Yeah. And, and let me just say, I mean, when I when I hear how much just telling my story touches people and the impact it has on them, it just makes me feel like, oh my God, okay, it wasn't for a total waste after all. You know, it just reinforces that there was a bigger purpose to it, and I am supposed to be touching a lot of people's lives and inspiring them and helping them to find a better way of living. And uh, it gives it gives me so much energy back just to know that okay, I've I've positively touched somebody again today. Oh, that feels great. And, and the the thing that is is most important to understand about that is that you made the choice to do that. Very true. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> so. It's a it's an everyday connection choice. Yeah. At, at the it's, end of the day, uh, you made the choice to do that. You could have gone down the other road, but you chose to consciously go down this one, and so you've chosen to bring that joy into your own life. And and that to me also is very important for people to understand. We are yeah, we are all empowered. Absolutely. I think, the authenticity. And I think that, you know, leading by example, I've always been that way um, in general in my life and with, you know, my business and employees and whatever, people are working with me. Um, you know, you set the example of how you want to live. And I, that's why I think, you know, my my story is very inspiring because it shows people that you have this ability too. You can choose how you want your life to be. And it's just a matter of learning. And if you don't know how, then then figure it out. Get do that, you know, searching, researching, and get to the people. Find mentors that can help you through, you know, whatever you're dealing with. Because we're, we're all on a path. It's almost like we're all on a ladder. And those that are more advanced can help those that are less advanced. And it's not a matter of being better or worse than others. It's just that, you know, you're, you're on, we're on a different level or a different scale. And um, people know more and, and we can help each other. And I th- really think that's what this is all about. It's helping each other to advance and evolve basically because that's what we're, what's we're going through an evolution right now absolutely no other way to put it and and perhaps we should just redefine the word leader <sighs> there's so many definitions out there of you know well that's someone that inspires confidence and redefine leader as someone who leads their life and that's how you attain in my view rightfully the position of being a leader is by leading your own life and letting that example stand uh, and then being authentic and honest enough to tell the story. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Thanks for joining us from across the big ocean. Well, thank you. Like I said, I appreciate being here and, and I hope I've positively touched a lot of people who have listened to this now. Well, I know that you have, Absolutely. and uh, certainly pos- positively touched uh, uh, somebody in Texas and somebody in Montreal. <laughs> and that technology, yeah, it's, it it's a grand. It, it, <laughs> we were just talking about that the other day. Jean finished a video and sent it to me, and she, she had to change something like four times. And about the third time she was sending it to me, I was like, "Is this not cool that?" We can make a video and send it across a continent in like four minutes. Yeah, pretty amazing. So, right. so thanks again, and uh, everybody go uh, visit Joy and Karen on the web. Once again, that's www.bringingjoytotheworld.com, and we'll have links and uh, uh, a YouTube video of Karen's up on our website uh, 
after the show. So thanks so much, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Stay connected. Bye. Join Rick and Jean again next time. Until then, visit their website at everydayconnection.me and be sure to like their Facebook page at facebook.com forward slash everydayconnection. Worried you might miss an episode? Don't worry. Subscribe. Find us on iTunes by searching for Everyday Connection Radio. Subscriptions are free, just like your everyday connection. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life, the only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details. So you're ready to ask the biggest question of your life. The only question before that question. How do you find the perfect ring to ask it with? With the incredible selection of diamonds at Jared and our price match guarantee, you can dare to stop searching and find the perfect diamond at a price you'll love. Visit your local Jared store today and dare to be devoted. We promise to match any price on a like loose certified diamond of the same quality from any other jewelry retailer. See Jared.com slash price match for details.